Hey guys, it's Mateus Calera, and you're listening to the Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have CBS, which would be me, doing something a little bit different for episode number uh, 181. Today, for the main part of the episode, uh, we're going to run some clips from the uh, Rhode Island Comic Con 2021. Uh, me and Bob went out to Rhode Island and uh, did a batch of interviews, which we've been giving it through the last couple episodes, and we did some uh, other audio recording during the event. So this episode is mostly going to feature that stuff. Um, hopefully you guys like it. In the middle, we'll do an interview with uh, Yuko Smith. Uh, he's a graphic artist and design artist and... The dude is fantastic. Um, that's UKO and then Smith. He's, uh, he's awesome. Anyway, I'll put links in the, uh, description to find his stuff, but you definitely should check him out. I mean, beautiful art. Dude is fantastic. And, uh, maybe top five picks of the week and then we'll see how that goes. Uh, before we do any of that though, we'll go and run a, well, we'll do a little bit of news. What's in the news? What's in the news? Uh, Marvel's going to be releasing a new uh, multiverse miniseries. This is uh, Jessica Jones flavored. Uh, it's going to be a five-part miniseries. Uh, the current title for it is The Variants. And uh, it's Gail Simone writing it, which is fantastic because she's just awesome. Uh, Lady wrote a lot of the beginning of New 52 Batgirl, which was fantastic, even though the whole reasoning for her walking was kind of weird. Which wasn't a Gale thing, that's a company thing. So, anyway, the rest of the stories were great. Uh, she wrote Birds of Prey before that, wrote some dead, like, handful of Deadpool. Like, she's, Gale's awesome. She's actually done a lot of stuff. Uh, really cool lady, too. So, that's fantastic. Artist on the book's gonna be Phil Noto, which uh, I love me some Noto. I uh, did a whole lot of Black Widow, Batch of G.I. Joe stuff, like, lots and lots of covers. Uh, fantastic artist. So, both of those things are really, really freaking cool. Uh, the setup for the, uh, the setup for the book is that Jessica's taken a, uh, what seems to be a normal case, but eventually during her investigation it leads her to find clues that send her into the multiverse, which will bring her face to face with several versions of herself. Uh, the initial cover art that's out for it, uh, by, again, Phil Noto, uh, it, awesome, it has a bunch of different versions of Jessica on it. I mean, it, it's really freaking cool, so, I mean, just Google the variants Marvel number one, and it should probably come up. I mean, if you have to add Phil Noto, then go ahead. But yeah, as far as the image, it's a really cool cover. Like, I dig Jessica Jones. Show her, comic her, not quite the same. So, like, there's, of course, similarities. But, like, as a character, she doesn't get a whole lot of regular play by herself. So, like, it's really cool we're doing another series with her, uh, even if it is a mini. Uh, anyway, once she's rented these other versions of herself, it causes her to question... Everything she's ever done, like her, all of her choices throughout her whole life, it causes her to have second thoughts about those things and uh, whether or not she can get along with these other versions of herself or just want to kill them. And like one of Jessica's primary, like, I don't know, the way she is in books and in the show, even if it's the wrong choice, she owns it. So like her second guessing herself is uh, not a normal thing for her. So I think that's really cool. And like, I don't know, all the multiverse stuff happening in the movies and the TV shows and everything else. I think that's really cool. We're getting another, like, piece of that in the comic books. I mean, as a thing, it'll be interesting to see what this one winds up doing. Uh, 
but yeah, I don't know. Pretty cool. I like the idea that it's a mystery and that she's working a case. So, and again, Gail Simone, just such a good writer. Like, she's fantastic and a really great person. Like, awesome lady. She's super cool. Um, see, from Warner Brothers, uh, they have announced that they're going to be delaying the Flash and Aquaman to go along with the delays from Black Adam and from the uh, Super Pets or Justice Pets? League of Justice League of Pets? I can't remember the name of that. Um, yeah, it might come back to me. Anyway, so like those have both been pushed back just again to this year. But so the Super Pets, they have listed for July. And then the uh, Black Adam has been moved all the way back to October 21st. So just before Halloween, which I mean, okay, that's cool. But uh, yeah, so it's been moved back. And then they're saying Flash is going to be, I want to say June of 2023. And then Aquaman is listed for March. So order-wise, we'll get the Pets, Adam, Aquaman, and then the Flash. So, Flash is Flashpoint. If this thing is supposed to iron out, how the multiverse is a crazy thing and maybe resolve us to what our main storylines are going to be, I guess it makes sense to have it at the rear of those movies, just because impact-wise, depending on what it does, may reshape a bunch of stuff. Uh, but it, as far as trailers are concerned, it looks really great. I mean, that teaser thing they put out, I don't know, almost a year ago now, was freaking awesome. And the Black Adam clips that were in the... Uh, teaser pitch right before the new Batman movie that came out this last week looks awesome too I mean we see Hawkman and his wings we see Dr. Fate and everything looks really great so nothing else visually I think that movie's gonna look awesome and as far as the story's concerned I mean Black Adam's an interesting character so I guess we'll see what it winds up being and The Rock's been pushing for it so it's like a lot of the stuff happening at DC is being driven by the people involved in it because like if it wasn't for Ezra Miller like continuing to push for The Flash I mean, I'll give you. He might not get along with the press, and if you ask him to slap you, apparently he will, which might not be the best choice. But if it wasn't for that kid Kevin pushing at the movie, I don't think we'd have a Flash movie happening at all. So, like, that's pretty impressive, um, even if he's slightly misguided outside of his normal, I guess, in the paparazzi world. I mean, not even misguided. I mean, I don't know. That's a hard life to live, so whatever. Anyhow, outside of his Escalades, I think that's really cool that... He's managed to push it this far. He's like, you know, it's like seven years of trying to get something made, and then, like, finally we're there. Anyhow, um, I think that's really cool. So we'll see what the delays do and if it makes any difference. Um, the next bit of news I have. So the Obi-Wan Kenobi dropped their... Uh, so Disney Plus, that's how I'll start that. Disney Plus dropped their trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the show trailer looks freaking awesome. Uh, showing off Ewan McGregor returning his role on t uh, as Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine. Um, the show is supposed to take place 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. So we've gone 10 full years from Luke and Leia being dropped off wherever they're at uh, for who, for to be, to be taken care of by their surrogate families. Uh, it's set to premiere on May 25th, so not that far away. And uh, the trailers look really cool. I mean, they have all this weird Inquisitor-looking stuff going on in it, which is awesome. I, I think it'll be really neat. I mean, all that stuff they've done so far in Disney+, Plus with the uh, Mandalorian and Boba Fett, have been really good. I mean, I'll give you maybe Boba Fett doesn't have enough Boba Fett in it, but it was still the, it was still a fun show. Uh, Deborah Chow is directing all six episodes. Um, she also directed some of the Mandalorian episodes. She did episode uh, three and seven from season two. So, I mean, she's already got a hand in doing it, and my, all those episodes are really good, so, um, so that's really cool. 
Uh, she's done a slew of other TV things, like namesake-wise, she's directed a bunch of random episodes for a bunch of random shows. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, like, what a controlled full series by her looks like, but as far as the episodes are concerned, nothing nothing in there stands out weird, so, I mean, that's really cool. But, yeah, that guy's not too terribly far away, which is pretty neat. For those of you who don't know, there's going to be a new batch of future Rama episodes getting done, which is fantastic. Uh, we finally got all the actors, the voice actors back on board. Uh, John DiMaggio was the last holdout, and as a thing, I don't necessarily think you could do the show without a bender. And John is freaking awesome. So that guy's great. Uh, yeah, as far as a voice actor and just as a person, like he's a pretty cool dude. So I'm glad they were able to reach an agreement with uh, ever all the parties involved to make some new stuff. I think that's really neat. Um, yeah. So outside that, I think that's all I really had news-wise. Um, I mean, Batman's still doing good in the box office, which is awesome. They greenlit a uh, sequel movie already, so I mean, I guess we'll see some more of that movie and, or more of that universe and see how it shakes out. I mean, as far as movie, it is good. Um, I mean, of course, I have complaints, but I have complaints about everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, overall, good movie. I um, liked it just fine. If you haven't given a chance to see it, go ahead and get it out. It's a three-hour movie, but you get a lot of really cool detective stuff in it. You get a lot of really cool, like... Uh, there's a lot of cool action sequences and fight sequences too, but like the story itself moves really cool. So when it comes to Batman stuff, the primary difference between this and other Batman movies is that we get a lot more of the Batman trying to detective stuff out and figure things out as he goes. You know, other movies have it too, but it's not usually it's like Batman had a giant screen of computers and then off to do whatever he needs to do. So like this one has a lot more of the uh, inner workings of that, like him and Gordon searching around for clues and, it's really pretty cool. Anyway, that wraps up most of the news I have for you right this second. So going and run a uh, clip of the uh, Rhode Island Comic Con 2021. This is uh, me and Bob out at the uh, Rhode Island show. And uh, this will be an opening day clip. So we're going to run that guy. And uh, we'll be back in just a second. Hey, this is Steve with Top 5 Comics Podcast. Uh, getting ready to head out to the uh, Rhode Island Comic-Con 2021, and I am joined by... Bob. I mean, Bob, we're just going over the uh, the schedule for events for the uh, Rhode Island Comic-Con this year, again, 2021. And, uh, Bob, what did you see on there that you thought were uh, panels that would be interesting to go to? Uh, there was a panel with Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor from Harley Quinn, the new 52 run. Um, there was a Tony Todd panel, there was a couple of writing panels that I thought were kind of interesting. Other than that, I don't remember. What else was interesting? Well, other things we were on there, we, I mean, we saw some Jay Lee stuff, which, uh, Jay Lee, we were right. talking to Max from the, the previous convention, and we'll see if we can get from that, that guy, um, plan-wise. There's also a, a puppeteering one that's uh, about using a puppet and I think making puppets probably is part of that too. Um, there's some banana split stuff. There's definitely a uh, Leave it to Beaver panel, which uh, I mean is pretty funny. That's a thing. St- Actually, I went went and saw Jerry Mathers uh, in Colorado Springs. It was pretty fun. It was pretty fun, pretty fun panel. Um, so, but this one's going to have both him and uh, the older brother, whose name I don't remember now. Wally. Wally is the name on the show. What's his real name in real life? Tony Dow. Tony Dow? 
I think so, yeah, Tony Dow. You're right, it is Tony Dow. Not you say that, I remember it. Um, there's Mandalorian stuff, a uh, whole bunch of stuff from Clerks. So it'll be interesting to see like what all goes on, what we get into as far as uh, show stuff. Uh, anything particular you're trying to chase book-wise, Bob? Uh, old Spider-Man's. Something in the first 20 issues. You're a connoisseur there, Bob. Yeah. That's a, that's a, we did we did go back to if you follow us on Instagram at all, uh, top five comics podcast on Instagram. We took some pictures from some of the show, some of the stores we went to up here in Rhode Island, uh, which they have a plethora of. Um, I think we got to five stores yesterday. We made it to five. We just missed the sixth one. They closed early, like ten minutes early. Yeah. So I mean, it's on them for sure. Other than that, just looking to get lots of pictures for you guys to see. Bob, we got anything else? Yeah, I got my watch on. I'm going to count my steps, see how many steps I get in this here convention. Heck yeah, man. So if nothing else, we can track Bob's steps and how much I make him run around during the convention. So that should be good times. <laughs> yeah, that should be a great time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as far as things, I mean, that's the uh, first little installment of this trip. So uh, yeah, Rhode Island Comic Con. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, yeah. So, fun times. As far as uh, conventions are concerned, Rhode Island was a really fun one. If you get a chance to get out to it, you really should. Uh, Rhode Island, just in general, the, the place was pretty, was pretty, pretty cool place to visit. And neat, neat stuff to see. Since the uh, convention center is right in the downtown area, you get to see a lot of really cool buildings and a lot of really cool statues. And there's just all kinds of neat things to see that aren't even connected to the convention. So, not only do you get to enjoy the convention, but you get to take in the, uh, the state and the, the city itself, which is really cool. I mean, a lot of historic... A lot of historic buildings and a lot of historic, uh, like, monuments. So, yeah, a really cool place to visit. You can have a lot of fun out there. Um, so this next little chunk here is, is an interview from that same convention. Uh, this is Yuko Smith, who I mentioned earlier. Fantastic, fantastic artist. That guy is a really great dude. Fun guy to talk to. I run into multiple shows. I, I think actually while we're talking about in the interview, I think the first place I ever met him was San Diego. So, like, as a thing, the dude is great. Like, he's really good. We'll go and run that interview, and then uh, from there, we'll follow the follow that with a chunk out for the uh, day one end at the uh, Rhode Island Comic Con. So we're gonna run the interview with uh, Yuko right now. Hey, this is Steve with Top Five Comics Podcast here at the Rhode Island. Comic-Con 2021, and I'm here with... Uh, artist Yuko Smith. And Yuko, I mean, the first time I saw your art, buddy, was a couple years ago during the COVID world. I know you've been doing it a lot longer than that. How'd you get into... How'd you get into doing art, man? Uh, really easily, man. I, I grew up with it, you know, because I had older brothers, four older brothers who, who could all draw, you know? And I was the youngest out of seven, and all my brothers could draw. Even one of my sisters could draw, you know? And so it just it was just in my family, you know. And then you know my brothers they had the older, they had the big Conan books, the Treasury Edition books, and the Frazetta books. And so that's what I grew up on. And so with that in mind, you know, my me and my one older brother who's like two years older than I, uh, we would stay up late nights drawing till two in the morning. You know, when the TV would shut off. And so from there, man, I just you know uh, went to college. Uh, Columbus College went to uh, Columbus College of Art and Design. Did my thing there. 
went out, you know, uh, enjoyed the freelancing world and nine to five jobs and all that stuff, you know. And so now I'm just here doing my own thing. You know, after years of, you know, doing the, doing the circuit of talking to editors and whatnot, at some point you get tired of that, you know. And, um, and so now I'm just doing my own thing. Freelancing and commission work and creator-owned work. Heck yeah, man. What, out of curiosity, are, are any of your brothers still drawing stuff? Uh, only one, my oldest one, my older brother. He, well, my second oldest brother, he's a painter. And he's also a graphic designer. Uh, he works, uh, he, used to, he, did his, he did his time with the government, with the Navy, doing a lot of graphics work, you know. Um, and so now he's, he's uh, sort of retired, but still doing the uh, graphics work with the, with the Navy as a, uh, as a consultant. Nice, that's awesome, man. Uh, but yeah, me and my older brother, though, the one I was talking about who's worked for the Navy, um, yeah, he and I are like best friends. You know, we always talk shop awesome, uh, with yeah. art. You know, and he went to uh, he went to uh, RIT up oh, in okay. up in uh, Rochester. Yeah. You know, and so uh, with that, he would always come back, tell me what he was doing there, just to just to give me pointers. You know, and I, I truly appreciated that. Well, it's awesome having anybody else that can, that's going through the same path. That's really really cool. Yeah. Well, as far as like art stuff, man, like let's tell people where they get your stuff if they've never heard of you or if they don't know where to find it. Where can we get your stuff? Right. Well, you can easily find me online, you know, through through the social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know, just look me up as uh, uh, Yuko Smith. Um, I have a website, but that needs updated. But uh, through my uh, links through like Instagram, you can find stuff on Etsy, where I have right now some some uh, current art books for sale. Uh, up soon will be some T-shirt merchandise. You know, yeah, doing them myself because I love shirts. Yeah. You know, I love the whole silk screen process, so that's gonna be cool to do. And so uh, that and my creator on work. Um, there's a preview book out now, but I'm almost out of my preview books for my uh, creator on book 1500. Um, I'm looking to do a second one uh, early part of next year and get more of the book done for San Diego of next year. So what's your uh, what's your creator own book? Can you give us a taste of it? The, what it's about? What's good? What it's going on there? Uh, it's titled Fifteen Hundred. Um, uh, three three uh, uh, female assassins. Right, nothing too special about that. But they they are also fashion models. You know, and so there is an underlying story to it all. But um, it incorporates a lot of things I love to draw. You know, I love like high adrenaline type of storylines. And so things like that, you know, women, of course, uh, weapons, vehicles, you know, I love that stuff. And so um, that's what incorporates it along with the underlying story. Well, man, just seeing your sketchbooks from the last couple of years, like art-wise, you definitely went to action and your ladies are all gorgeous. So all that fantastic, man. Do you have this art style? I mean, other than your brothers, do you have an art style that you follow or is there somebody that you look to and say, I like that? I mean, the learning process, you know, from the early years, you know, the comic guys, you know, from Frazetta to Michelangelo, um, Larry Stroman, John Byrne, you know, Mignola, uh, Sienkiewicz, all those guys were influences on me. But sure, I, any of those old school guys, man, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Byrne was probably like the most, Byrne and Frazetta and Michelangelo, you know, were probably the ones that were the most influential on me, you know. But over the years, you know, you guys see a whole new, you know, you start being familiar with newer artists, more contemporary artists of your time. And, um, you know, you see little things here and there you like. And 
you know, you're like, oh, I like that, you know, oh, I like that, I like that, you know, and you start incorporating that, then you really start to gel all this stuff together into what you really like to do. So, for me, I love, you know, I, I've learned to know more about myself in that I really like being really expressive with my work. And for me, that has, like, a lot of emotion in it. And so, with that, uh, that is all combined, but I love that, that emotion, that expressiveness, you know, in my work, you know. Sure, whenever you can translate feeling through art, I mean, that's amazing, man. And, like, as far as style, I feel like it's a learning path as you go because everything you see changes you slightly yeah. and leads you to something else. Yeah, it, it truly does, you know. So, my work has constantly evolved, especially this last 10 years, I would say. It has evolved because early, before that, I was sort of getting bored with my own work, you know. Okay which isn't good so you know you got to make a change and it was just like you know and i needed to get more excited about what i was doing and so making these little changes here and there and seeing the reaction from people of those changes you know like oh you, you start to say all right i think i'm going in the right direction you know you may have lost some people with the previous stuff you've done but you know you're gaining like a whole new crowd with what you're currently and will be producing for the future. Heck yeah, man. Well, like I said, your art is beautiful, brother. Thank you. What is your go-to karaoke song? Oh my goodness, man. You know, the one I think about now that I... I don't do very, like, very many karaoke songs. Sure. But the last one was uh, Yellow Submarine. Yellow Submarine. <laughs> fantastic classic. Excellent choice, sir. Excellent choice. All right. So if you were stranded on a deserted island... And you only take five items with you. What five items would you take? Oh, geez. Well, I watched Lost and Afraid. No, not Lost and Afraid. Uh, Naked and Afraid. Yeah. I love that show. So, machete, uh, a pot, all right, uh, a mosquito netting, all right, uh, 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 a flint, all right, and the fifth one, uh, shoes. Yeah. Very good choice. Very good choice. <laughs> Those are all very practical and good, useful items. Your TV watching has made you very adept, sir. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, partner. Last one. Yeah. If you lived in Fantasyland, would you ride a chocolate pony? Would I ride a chocolate pony? Why the hell not? <laughs> <laughs> it's Fantasyland, right? Do whatever. Yeah. Right. Exactly, man. Why the hell not? How often are you going to get that chance? True. You know? Yeah. <laughs> We appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, man. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it myself. Thank you. All right, we just want to take a second to thank, again to thank Yuko for taking the time to uh, chit-chat with me and Bob um, out, of his, out of his busy day from the convention. Uh, again, fantastic dude. So Really fun to talk to. Great artist. You should really check out his stuff. Uh, you can find him on Instagram and on Etsy. Uh, he's got art books and art prints on Etsy. And uh, if nothing else, you can just check, see his pictures. If you go to Instagram, look him up, give him a couple likes, and follow him. You know, do that, all that stuff for Instagram and make things happier. Uh, but yeah, again, fantastic artist, a really cool dude. Uh, so, so from there, we're going to run uh, day one closing from the Rhode Island Comic Con. So hopefully you guys enjoy these clips. I mean, if you guys hate them, I guess leave us a message. But as a thing, I mean, hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, but this is the closing thoughts from the Day One Rhode Island Comic Con 2021. Me and Bob.
Right, so end of day one, we are back at the hotel. This is uh, me, CBS, Steve, and Bob. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> so, uh, all right, so recap the day, Bob. Best thing today, and go. Uh, 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 oh, my God. Okay, talking to the, some of those um, independent comic publisher guys they were really interesting i got me a brand new comic with the shiny cover that got signed and it's getting graded right now as we speak that was pretty cool that may have been the best thing of the day that was my birthday present yeah i was gonna say you think you got what three four signatures on it uh four on that one yeah as far as things i mean we we actually had to do kind of a lot down in providence because we went to the movies had a had lunch at Movies, the Kevin Smith pop up restaurant, yeah. Clerks pop up restaurant. Let's go with Clerks. Clerks, yeah. Silent Bob. Yeah. So we had Movies. That was good. Walked around downtown kind of a lot. Talked to some horse cops. <laughs> yes, we got lost. It wasn't our fault. Google got lost. I mean, we were with Google, so technically it's all of our faults. <laughs> Funniest thing because we were really close where we needed to be. It's terrible. And then got the wrong direction. Yes, went the wrong way. Good times. Good times. Uh, saw some pretty cool pieces of Providence, like old history buildings and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Man, as far as like stuff, I mean, we got a lot of interviews today, actually, which is really cool. It's pretty neat. Uh, I got to talk to Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor a little bit. Um, that was really cool. Got to talk to Jay Lee again, which me and Max did over in Denver, softening him up to try to get uh, you know some more out of it, maybe. So we'll see how, the, see how that goes. Uh, that was really neat. Man, as far as like, uh, there was just a lot today. It was really cool. Yeah, there was a ton. A lot of, bought some good comics. I got a Daredevil number six. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the birthday weekend, Daredevil six is pretty good. Yep. Yep, and and some autographs and signed prints, and it was a lot of fun. Lots of cool costumes. Good show. Lots of, uh, I mean, as far as building, it's interesting going through the uh, the the uh, Dunkin' Donuts Convention Center and part of the hockey arena? Yeah, the Dunkin' Donuts is a hockey, the Providence, well, I think it's a, like a semi-pro or a minor league team plays there. I believe Providence Friars might play there as well, the, the local college. And then we had to go over to the actual convention center, which is right next door. Which we'd forgotten about. We wandered around Dunkin' Donuts for quite a while before we went, oh, yeah, there's a whole other building. Oh, yeah. No, uh, once we got around the arena, the arena's top section, the, the circle little part, and got down into the floor of the hockey arena, and I thought, there's got to be some more booths here. Because half the people that I was thinking we were going to see, we haven't seen yet. Yeah. And that's when we realized that the other building, you had to go to the other. Yeah, I mean, if you, I guess if you pay attention, I'm sure there's some place they told you that. Probably. I mean, I can't be sure because I don't remember anybody saying anything, but at the same time, I mean, we did eventually get there, so that was really cool. Um, something else was pretty cool. I got to meet uh, Jeffrey Allen Anderson, which would be Randall from Clerks. Uh, if you all know the, yeah, know the Clerks movies. It, it, as a thing, like, I do think that dude's really awesome. He's super good, super funny, and he was a really cool guy to talk to, actually. Like, he was super chill, so that was really cool. Uh, we might have more about that later. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So yeah, pretty neat. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to say things. I don't. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But I may have talked my way into being the moderator for Jay Lee's panel at the Rhode Island Comic Con. We'll see tomorrow 
um, how that goes. But, uh, yeah, that would be pretty – I mean, it would be pretty awesome if that's the case, but we'll see. Anyway, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's all good. Uh, but, yeah, I talked Chit Chat with Jay a little bit today, and he's lamenting for liking to do panels like that. And then I'm like, well, this is the kind of panel it is. He's like, you want to be the moderator? And I'm like, dude, what do you mean want? Yes. <laughs> He's like, well, I don't know if we're supposed to have one. I said, well, if they're doing it right, they will. And I'll give you. I've never been to a panel at Throwdown Comic-Con, so I assume they will have somebody installed to do that. I'm hoping he's just like, no, I got a guy. Because <laughs> we'll see. I think that'd be awesome if that's the truth. But w- anyway, so uh, I'm going to say that Max softened him up for me in Denver. Because uh, we did chit-chat with him kind of a lot over in Denver, too. So that was pretty cool. So it's neat talking to him again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. A lot of really cool things province pretty fun like convention wise it's a pretty fun convention it's got a cool like the layout for the uh convention center itself is really pretty cool it's pretty nice like the inside of the convention center is really yeah it's really cool um but yeah as far as like a show so far it's been pretty cool we saw a tiny batmobile like recreation of the 66 vehicle but it's not the right size it's not the right car not the right logos so it's close it's like i don't know if the dude just made his own it still looks cool i'm not talking bad about it it still looks cool but it's not the it's not the real one. I mean, I've seen the real one when I was a kid, and I've seen a recreation of the real one at multiple, actually lots of shows, because I've been to lots of shows. I met the guy that created it. Actually, he visited our town during one of the events over at Allen Unique Auto before they closed. Um, so the guy that actually built that car for the show, Batman 66, was in town. I have a signed picture. But yeah, anyway, so as far as things, that was really cool. Um... I don't. Did we talk about panels earlier on the previous little bit? I don't think we did. Well, maybe we did. But yeah, the Jay Lee panels tomorrow. That'll be fun, whether Steve's doing it or not. Then right. still, we're gonna go. Um, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti are doing a panel. That'll be fun. I'm not sure if we decided on anything else, but we made the rounds pretty good today. So maybe panels will be good. We we'll sit down for a while. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of walking. You know, it helped to see in the river. That oh, was yes. a speaking of walking. Oh yeah, how many numbers do we get, Bob? Eleven thousand seven hundred ninety-two steps. I'm gonna say that's higher because I've never really done that before. That's, that's five miles. So we walked five miles today, between downtown and the convention center itself. That's pretty good. None of those were on us. Well, I guess there was some escalators that went up, but we didn't really step on those ones. The ones at the airports we we walked on. Yes. So that, that, yeah, that's good. That's good, Bob. It's good. Yeah. It's good for me. Maybe this pizza we're eating won't put on any weight. <laughs> no, I mean, we did get some Uno's pizza tonight. That's really pretty cool. It's good. The dude that runs the front of the, of the building is like, yeah, we're closed, guys. And we're like, can we get takeout? And he's like, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah through menu menus in our hands. is like, yeah, yeah, order what you got to order. And I'm like, I don't know your menu, but okay. <laughs> so he was really cool, actually. Younger kid, but really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, the people right behind us is like, yeah, we're closed, and they're like, okay, and away they went. Sad. And they went. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny. They just went, headed out the door, and we sat down. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So who knows? I definitely recommend them. Uh, downtown Providence, if you get a chance, uh, pizza yeah. is fantastic, and it the staff was really cool. So yeah, as far as neat things, I mean, movies was good today too. Yeah, movies was pretty good. I was kind of impressed. I liked it. I'm- yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And filling. I mean, I didn't eat again afterwards. I was through the whole convention, and usually that much walking around would get me hungry. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. It works. Yeah, good stuff. Lots of cool booths, lots of neat stuff to see, lots of cool artists. Um, yeah, man, like there's so many actually that, I mean, just the names are like the highlight ones, not that any of the other ones are bad. I mean, yeah, people wise, they had a pretty good selection of, uh, of people to talk to. I mean, Ed from the, uh, what's the name of the book? The Killer Chicken Cop? Uh, oh my gosh. Ed Smith, freaking awesome. Awesome. Did a book called Hell Pug and the Velocicock. Awesome. Did a Which book a called Hell Pug and part the Velociraptor Part Rooster. Which is it's, a, the cover is part. so good and like there's a couple different versions of it and including a lenticular cover and it is fantastic it's yeah. it's so wild i mean it does mostly funny like comedy style books we we should actually have an interview with him which will eventually be on the show so you get to hear you get to hear from him a little bit himself with the uh, interview stuff and questions but yeah he's got a book a couple books getting ready to come out from scout comics which is really cool uh, they're a smaller imprint, which I mean, some of you guys get, some of the guys at the store get them already. Uh, but yeah, they've, they've got a line of books that are pretty cool. They did the, uh, oh gosh, uh, Scout's Honor was one of the books that came out from them, which we actually did a review for on the, uh, on the uh, podcast also. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, man, as far as people, they've got a pretty good selection of people to check out and books to, to see and whatnot. So yeah, pretty fun, good stuff. Uh, Bob, anything else from the day? Uh, no, just tune in next time for another episode of How Many Steps Did Bob Take Today? Yeah, it is, uh, I'm thinking tomorrow is going to be a lot less, Bob, but I mean, as a thing, you know, it's a, it'll be a running gag. We'll see how much we get by the end. Yeah, that's great podcasting there. <laughs> I mean, it is a thing, and it is interesting. You do walk a lot of conventions, and I've never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the shows I've really been to, like Kurt... He's been on the show. Of course, my Rob has been on the show. We we walked a lot around downtown San Diego, like a lot. And Denver, I, you know, we walk a lot too. So I never really thought about that, but it's definitely a thing. So yeah. conventions are good for you. <laughs> Sweat I'm, the pounds off. I'm gonna say for lots of reasons, Bob. Lots of reasons. <laughs> no, lots of reasons. Yes. Right. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys again tomorrow. And the next part of this installment, I don't know. We got to come up with a way to call this something. Like me and Max were talking about that, and we couldn't figure out a a name for it really. But as far as a thing, anyway, uh, yeah. So hopefully you guys found it entertaining. Uh, we had fun today, so it was awesome. The the Bob and Steve Convention Show. More to come. I don't see why not. All right, all right. Well, good times had by all. The road on ConCon again. Uh, me and Bob went out there. I think Bob from traveling with me and going out and doing interviews and pounding the pavement and counting his steps and working on Bob points. It's a it was a whole menagerie of things. It was super fun. I mean, again, it was a real fun show, fun convention to go to. Uh, lots of neat people, lots of neat stuff. So I mean, as far as events are concerned, if if you are able to get to it, I'd say take, check it out because it's a fun show. Um, see, so instead of our norm closing, we'll go and do, uh, top five picks of the week. Which we might start doing this as every other show, like do a normal show and then do a top five pick of the week show. I guess we'll see, we'll see what people think of this thing. Um, so top five comics picks of the week. Top five comics! Pick, 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 picks of the week!
So first one we have on our list is Captain Carter number one. Uh, now Captain Carter is a five-part miniseries. Uh, it's being written by uh, Derek Landry. Uh, you, who you know, if you're reading uh, Captain America Iron Man, or you read Winter Soldier Falcon, that happened just before the show came out. Uh, same writer. Uh, as far as uh, art style, art's good on it too. Artist is, uh, and I'm going to butcher the last name, I don't mean to. But the artist is uh, An- Angel Uzeta? Uzeti? Uzeta? There's no E in there, but it's U-N-Z-U-E-T-A. And I'm sorry, I don't know how to say that. Um, art's good. Uh, it's, important. it's a miniseries, and yeah, it's flavored like the What If show, and the idea of, you know, a reverse version of Captain America being Sharon instead of Captain, and, you know, freezing and moving forward. But yeah, pretty neat. Uh, it's got a bunch of cool covers. Uh, it's issue one, fun stuff. Uh, artist-wise, you, you don't, you should know Angel from, uh, Star Wars books, and he did a bunch of the Poe Dameron stuff, uh, for the Star Wars Poe Dameron series that happened probably three years ago. So, yeah, as far as, uh, stories are concerned, it's a Peggy Carter story, just like a what if one, but not labeled that way. So, I don't know, pretty cool. Uh, that's the first one I had on our list. Uh, second one on our list. Now, these aren't in a particular order as far as, uh, First, second, third. I guess I should think about that. So I guess, you know. Anyway, that was the first one. <laughs> second one on our list is from AWA Comics. Uh, this is the second issue, their second pick of the week is, uh, Hit Me Number One. This is, uh, written by, uh, Krista Faust. And the art is, uh, by Priscilla Pratelli's. Uh, it's a female driven thriller. So like, it is a little more adulty. It's not, uh, it's not crazy adulty, but the concept itself is, uh, we have a lady who works in an industry that you get paid for doing things that are questionable, and uh, she winds up witnessing a murder of uh, one of her clients, and uh, that leads to a bag of jewels, and then being on the run. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Stolen gems and murder is the whole p- main plot for the story. Uh, it's a miniseries as well. It's a five-part miniseries, and as far as uh, books are concerned, AWA puts out a bunch of stuff that's really cool. Most stuff they do is miniseries, but they have a whole list of stuff that's really awesome. I mean, if you haven't checked any of their stuff out, you really should. I mean, they put out a good product. Uh, so, yeah, hit me number one. Uh, after that, we got Punisher number one. And this guy has uh, been talked about a lot on the internet in the last couple weeks, simply because of imagery from the book. Uh, but it's written by Jason Aaron, and the art is uh, by Paul uh, Az- Azteca. And... Uh, Jason Aaron's fantastic. I mean, as far as a writer, he's done a, he's still writing Avengers, which is great. But he wrote a lot of Star Wars stuff. Like he's if you never read any Jason Aaron stuff, you're missing out because he's fantastic. He's been in the game for a minute and he's great. Uh, but this particular storyline, we deal with the Punisher, and uh, uh, he is be- he's become the most accomplished killer in the world, the most noted killer supposedly in the world as far as accolades are concerned. Which I don't know how you rank that, but apparently that's the case. We've always known he's awesome, so there's that. Uh, but now, a shocking revelation has caused Frank to become, to, to assert, or to take over as leader of the Hand. So, the Hand is, there's been a revelation that happens in this book, and the revelation is what leads him to basically dropping his moniker as the Punisher and taking over as leader of the Hand. Which you say, that's freaking crazy, and you're right, it is. And the revelation is, like, it makes sense for the Hand because it's kind of what they do. But uh, it's interesting. Uh, this guy, from what I remember originally, the write-up said it was a 12-part miniseries. I don't see that on the books now, so I guess we'll see how long it runs. But yeah, as far as a thing 
I mean, it's cool. And it's an interesting twist. So, if you like the Punisher, regardless of the logo stuff going on with his chest plate, it's a story element. I find it highly unlikely it stays that way. I mean, we were talking the other day, me and uh, Max from the Men Who Look Bad in Spandex podcast, which is another podcast I do with uh, my buddy Max from 93.1, the radio station. If you guys don't listen to that, you really should. It's a lot more like newsy and pop culture-y. Um, anyway, it's another show. Please follow because we could use more follows. We were talking about it the other day and, uh, the, as we were talking about the funniest thing about the idea. So the logo change initially, it seems arbitrary, at least from the internet. It did. It makes sense in the story as a story element. It makes sense. But if it is a whole branding thing just to try to, uh, repackage the Punisher, I'm telling you, at no point will we ever see the Punisher wandering around the, the Disney parks for lots of reasons. Not just because of the logo on his chest, but because he's the Punisher. And no matter how funny I think that'd be, if he was the one that greeted you at the Disney gates and was like, how you guys doing? It, that's not going to be... It, you're not going to see him rocking around the theme park. It just, And if you do, you probably need to look for help, because bad news. Anyhow, uh, as far as story's concerned, it, first issue's good. It's a, it's a giant size issue, or well, I guess you don't call it giant size. It's a larger issue. It has a lot of cool stuff that happens in it, and the imagery is really, really cool. Also, a lot of cool variant covers. So, yeah, if, as far as the thing you like the Punisher, we haven't had a regular series for a minute for him. I think since War of Realms, he hasn't had, like, a normal series at all. And even that was a miniseries. So, yeah, if you like the Punisher, I'd say check it out. As far as a book in general, it's a logo change, so even if it doesn't stick, it's still technically a key issue. So, there is that. Um, so after that, another book that's awesome, which we actually did a review for issue one on the show, maybe, I don't know, three or four episodes ago. Uh, so Batgirls number four, uh, this guy is still being written by Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad, uh, artist on it, still Jorge Corona. Um, so if, as a thing, if you'd heard that episode, then you heard us talk about that book. It's still killing it. And number four is awesome. It's just a, it's a fun read. The book's so, it's so fun. So like, it, as a series, I mean, we're four issues in now. The trade will come out probably somewhere like three or four months after issue five. Uh, but there's still copies of books in the, books in the world. So I would say get, get, a, get a look at it. I mean, 45 doesn't like the art so much because he's, it's a little wild for him. But I mean, if you saw Middle West or We Are Robin, it's the same artist and he is awesome. So I'd say number four, Batgirls would be a good choice. Uh, then final one on our top five pick of the week is Little Monsters number one. This book's from Image Comics. Uh, it's being written by, uh, Jeff Lemire, fantastic writer, and it's being drawn by Dustin Nguyen, also fantastic artist. Dustin, great guy, super awesome, really personable at conventions and talking to him in real life. Really, really cool dude. Um, super fun. I mean, he's done bumpers for a podcast and we've, I multiple years of talked to the dude. Uh, he's actually done some art for the store as well. So, yeah, as a thing, awesome guy. Um, if you're not familiar with the two of them by namesake, you should be. But they, uh, for Image, they also, the two of them teamed on the book called Descender and, uh, Ascender. A little bit different flavor. Um, so that, and I think, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this is a book to watch maybe last week or the week before. Uh, basically we're, we've had a, we've had an apocalyptic, 
an apocalyptic event, that was hard to say, happen, and as a result, we are, our story follows the last children on Earth. They just also happen to be vampires. So, uh, interesting switch. Uh, first issue is really pretty good. I can, I, I can see it turned into a show pretty easily, just because the, uh, the styling for the book. I guess we'll see if that ever happens. But yeah, as far as the thing, Jeff Lemire, good writer. Uh, it's a neat story. It's not, it's not like, uh, it's not really a kitty book. I mean, again, they're vampires and we are dealing with post-apocalyptic situation. So it's not, it's not like a, it's not, a, it's not like overly adulty. You know, I, when it comes to storyline, it's not, I guess the thing is, it's not CWE. Even though they're kid characters, it's not, it's not told in a way that feels childish. Anyhow, um, so that's Pop Five Picks of the Week. Hopefully you guys like those books or enjoy them, but if you haven't even heard of them, you should go ahead and get out and check them out. Alright, so with that, this will be the end of our episode. Um, thanks for hanging out. Listen to me chit-chat and checking out the stuff from Rhode Island Comic Con. Um, so we got a bunch, we have a few more, we have several more interviews actually from Rhode Island, so you know, as we've been doing them through the last few episodes, uh, tune in for those things, you know. Neat things with cool people. Uh, but yeah, so I guess that'll be it for the day. Um, Taki? 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 Taki?